0: Back now here on a Wednesday afternoon, a beautiful one that is. Here on Hot Topics, here from WSC News. I'm Flynn Snyder, and I'm Trey Martin, making his grand return
1: back to the studio. Trey, good to have you back this week. Yes, it's good to be here in the studio. I I missed being here last week, but I was ha- I was having a lot of fun without you guys. Yeah, honestly. I, I was. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna take
0: that as a compliment because you were at a very very fun event. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so last week I went to Curiosity Coffee Bar, um, which is located in the North Main Street district um, mm-hmm. uh, and, in downtown Columbia. And so they were hosting the Uptown Hip Hop Fest, which is something that they're hoping to do once or twice, like every month on Wednesday nights. And it's also just one of many, I guess, outdoor festivals that they're trying to start putting on. I think... um on Mondays, they might have some food trucks that come into the business as well. Um, and they also uh, frequent Soda City Market, mm-hmm. like on Saturday. Uh, but, yeah, it was a, a hip-hop festival. So nice. I walked in. Uh, there was a DJ playing some music. Uh, they had, like, uh, things set up where you could buy, like, vintage clothing, thrift clothing. Clothing. Uh, they had, like, shoes, uh like shoe resale going on um, the DJ had like a big box of vinyl records that like you could buy mm. so um, and then they also just had like coffee and beer and oh, samples nice. and stuff like that and they were just playing some uh, like hip hop it was New York night so it was awesome they were playing like Jay-Z and Nos and like The oh, nice. Tribe Called Quest like all the all the, all the great hip hop classics were playing so and it was beautiful weather last yeah. last Wednesday too. So it was like it was phenomenal. I had such a good time. Yeah, so so tell us a little bit more. What
0: what was the whole <clears throat> idea behind the hip hop night? What what why do they want to start it? Um
1: so I I think that they're just hip hop fans. Mm-hmm. Um but they also know that like hip hop music is very important to the community um especially like the younger generations. Um and it's a a way of like kind of their Their way of trying to connect uh, with the community around them, um, just kind of through the interests that they have, their personal interest, um, <clears throat> and so it was very unique. You know, here in South Carolina, I'm not used to walking down the road and hearing like Run DMC, right? Or, yeah, like, uh, Notorious B.I.G. like blaring down the street. You know, so it it was pretty cool like to to kind of have that that kind of music and just a different kind of culture. Um, being represented. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you talk about a lot of the the COVID stuff going on right now. You said this was an outdoor event, right? Yes. and So they had, like, some tables set up where people could uh, go and sit. Um, And everybody was wearing masks that I saw. I didn't Mm -hmm. see anybody that wasn't wearing a mask. Um, But, yeah, you could just sit at tables outside and just kind of enjoy the music. Um, And from the people that I talked to, Um, They said, like, we're not really trying to go around and, like, meet new people, Mm -hmm. but they just appreciated being in the mere presence of other people. Like, this one lady that I interviewed um, mentioned that she worked from home all day. So, it was just amazing to, like, one night out of the week go and you get to sit around, like, other people. Yeah. Like, that just – she said it was saving her sanity. Yeah, yeah, So, (laughs) you know, people really appreciated – um, I, I think just the ability to not only be outside but just to kind of be in the presence of other people for sure and, and you said this is a weekly event that they're gonna have. They're trying to I think they said that they're doing it twice a month gotcha. so not every week uh, but like every other week and I'm sure as the weather gets warmer mm-hmm. that it'll probably pick up but uh, I, th- I think we're gonna have to check it out sometime. for sure because you said it goes six to eight when it does happen. Yeah, it's actually 5 to 8. Oh, oh. oh. Yeah, when it does happen. So it was like a it was like a all night thing and um yeah, they had stuff inside too like they're seating inside and like the you can hear the music inside. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess if the weather isn't the greatest, like you can still sit inside. Mm-hmm. Um but I I'm I'm looking forward to it mostly because um, I mean, obviously like the I, I, too, felt excited about kind of being in the presence of at other people at an event. Um, but uh, it, it was just something unique, I think, for the Columbia community. You know, like yeah. like I said, we, we've got Soda City that happens every Saturday, and that's such a, a cool event. But, mm-hmm. you know, what, what happens during the week? Like, what happens on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday? So right. the fact that... Uh, curiosity is trying to put on something that, you know, is just on a Wednesday night that can still kind of be that outlet that something like Soda City is, um, I think is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. And you said
0: it's just something during the week for people who work at home all day and really don't get a lot of human interaction to go out, not even meet new people but just like you said be in the presence of a lot of people really really cool curiosity coffee also just a very cool venue and you can indeed. just
1: like drink coffee and they had and they had beer there if you are of age yeah um so uh, just a lot of different and it was all like i think local a lot of local like breweries and local coffee makers and stuff like that so that's awesome yeah it that's was so- cool that
0: sounds like something worth missing the show for last time. oh yeah yeah <laughs> um, i
1: did miss you guys though we
0: miss you too, maybe just just a little. Ah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we want to talk about something that actually just happened uh, within the last hour. Actually, uh, if you were if you've been listening um, to our coverage of the student body government elections, you know that the uh, presidential elections ran into a runoff, um, meaning that uh, the two top candidates didn't get enough percentage of the vote, so they had to go on to a runoff there, and the winners were just announced. It was between Aiden Baker and Alex Harrell. Alex Harrell was announced the winner uh, within the last hour, and then Kate Turner was announced the treasurer as well. Really unusual. I know in my time here at Carolina, there's not been a runoff in the presidential election for student body government, which I thought that was interesting. And another <coughs> interesting tidbit of information was that the vice president who won, fra- who was uh, Emily Dangler from the Evolve campaign, she won the uh, vice presidential vote, but she was not on the same ticket as Alex Harrell, who won the president, uh, who won the president role. So it's uh, just interesting that it's a split ticket, um, I guess, group of people that are going to be running SUNY government. I, th- I wonder how that's going to work out, because they, they of course, many of the campaigns have similar ideas, but they are different, too, in a lot of ways and a lot of aspects. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they come together and see what they can put on, especially as COVID restrictions start to get lifted as we head closer to the end of the semester and into next fall. So I'll be interested to see for sure. But again, Alex Harrell uh, announced the president and uh, Kate, Turnall, Kate Turner rather, uh, uh, announced winner uh, treasurer as well. And it was interesting too, um, Alex Harrell won with 51% of the vote. So of
1: all the votes cast, it was very, very close race between him and Aiden Baker as well. And um I'm sure kind of what we've heard from some of these interviews that we've done, a lot of the people that we're running have been involved in student government mm-hmm. for a while. So um I'm sure that they are familiar with each right. other and they're familiar, you know, with, with how they work. So hopefully the the workflow and the productivity will still be there. Um and despite, you know, it being like a split ticket. But right. uh Yes, I, I think my freshman year it might have gone into a runoff. Oh really? Um, I'm not entirely sure about that, but uh, yeah, the student government elections they they never fail no, to they, to bring some drama. There was there it was to our campus very
0: dramatic student government elections for sure this year. COVID of course adding a whole other twist and turn to it as well.
1: It's um, always a, a good way of, of getting into the spring, like yeah, the drama in the spring. Yeah. That it, it brings it, things I guess together. together.
0: I guess this was our version of football <laughs> this yeah. is for the spring, you know? I guess, I guess. <laughs> now it looks like our baseball team is actually our, our yeah, best team. Yeah, shout, so. shout out
1: to the baseball team. Shout out to the baseball team. Beating team. Clemson. Yes,
0: there you go. All right, but we are going to take a break right now. Coming up, we're going to be talking about, speaking of the uh, lifted restrictions, Uh, Governor McMaster ending the 250-person capacity restrictions for mass gatherings and also lifting the last call order for bars and restaurants across the state. Coming up, we're going to talk about the impact it could have on local businesses. And plus, did you watch the uh, Golden Globes this week? Or maybe not. You're not alone. We're going to talk about the disappointing ratings coming in for the Golden Globes and how that could impact other uh, award shows down the line in the age of COVID. But first, you're listening to Hot Topics. We'll be right back. Listening to Hot Topics right here on WUSC News. This week, uh, effective Monday actually, South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster uh, removed the capacity restrictions for large mass gatherings in the state. And also, more popularly with a lot of college students here on campus, uh, removing the last call restrictions for bars and restaurants across the state. Meaning that bars, including an area such as the ever so popular Five Points area of Columbia, can stay open And uh, continue serving alcohol past 11 o'clock. And, you know, there's a lot of mixed reactions to this, Trey, because on one end, a lot of people say, you know, especially a lot of people who frequent going out downtown, that they're like, finally, you know, I can stay out past 11, have a good night out. But then other people are saying, wait, 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 this is way too soon. Um, you know we're still not out of the woods yet. Yes, the light there's light at the end of the tunnel, but you know we're not quite there yet, and we don't want to reverse any progress made on uh, on, va- on any uh, on the pandemic that we've had right now. Um, so yeah, uh, 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 other states are following suit as well. We had the Texas governor yesterday, um, basically canceling that state's mass mandate. They are the largest state to do so. Um, even and then they also um, said that businesses can open at a hundred percent capacity. Te- he as said well. Texas
1: is back. Yeah. we
0: are back, baby. You know, and it's interesting too. Um, a lot of people in Texas are wondering if the governor's decision there was uh, a political move because in the wake of the aftermath of a lot of uh, damage that happened in Texas um, with the weather that happening there. Many people are still under boiling water advisories in Texas and are unhappy with the government there. So many people are thinking that, hey, this could have been just a move to kind of get him some brownie points with his constituents in the state of Texas. Mississippi also following suit as well. And I've heard some pretty, you know, a a lot of excitement um, from people who are, you know, pretty ready to go out downtown, um, you know, uh, even though health officials nationally and locally are are stressing, you know, the importance of continuing with these uh, guidelines and restrictions in order to prevent any uptick in cases, as now we've seen to get the uh, case numbers down a little bit. Um, But yeah, it seems like uh, pandemic fatigue is real, for sure, at this point. And I think a lot of health officials, or not health officials, but government officials are eager to get,
1: or some at least, are eager to get their states back open. Definitely. And um, I mean, Let's be honest, the people that have been going out, like, they people have already kind of made up their minds. Right. I think about, like, okay, am I going to follow these guidelines? Am I going to stay put at mm-hmm. home or am I going to go out? So, uh, whenever I heard about the uh, last call order being lifted, I was like, well, that's not really going to make <laughs> any much of a difference, right. I feel like, because these people like the same people are still going to be going out. They've been going out all semester. They've been going out all school year. So, um, at all it is, is it's just going to give them, I guess, more time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they, they'll, they won't have to get ready and pregame at like seven anymore. They can pregame at like nine. Yeah. So, you know, it just kind of, uh, it, it, it's just going to give them, I guess, more of an opportunity to do what they have already been doing. Mm -hmm. But, um, I guess we will. All we can do is just see what the effects are. Yeah, yeah. It, it just is interesting. A very, a very
0: pa- parallel picture happening right now. On one side, we have officials uh, from the Biden administration, you know, urging uh, local lawmakers to keep these restrictions in place in order to maintain the downwards trend in uh, cases nationwide. Yet at the same time, there's somewhat of an eagerness. It appears to be from a lot of these. Uh, rep- or, uh, government officials in, the, in locally to get these businesses back open for sure. And that definitely is reflected in this state in a, a new recent wallet hub survey that just came out saying that South Carolina is the state with the second fewest number of COVID restrictions in the country, um, which I wasn't really surprised about um, when I heard that. But can you guess which is the number one state with the fewest COVID restrictions in the country?
1: Uh, is it updated, like, after you said that Texas is 100% back open? Is it Texas? No, it is not Texas, oh, uh, unfortunately.
0: Uh, Mississippi. No, it is Iowa, surprisingly. Iowa? Yes. Yeah, so this was actually published yesterday. Going under the radar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of sneaky because I've heard about a lot of stuff about, you know, there's a very few restrictions in Iowa, mainly because the state is incredibly rural um in a large area of the state um and it's not as densely populated do you know anybody from others. iowa i don't but you know i've seen a lot of iowa license plates recently interesting in south carolina which is like i was
1: driving around they're invading yeah they're coming
0: yeah which which is weird because we have more restrictions than them apparently and oh that's, yeah that's not saying a lot at this point Dang. um but yeah no so we'll definitely keep an eye on how the uh, cases trend but um I think it'll be interesting to see the crowd sizes and see if they change or not. Interestingly, though, and I found this um, pretty unusual from a university standpoint. They came out yesterday and said that they are not going to change their capacity limits at sporting events. So, like, they're still going to be capped. They're not letting full stadiums into like the baseball park or you know volleyball arena or anything like that. Like, it's it's going to stay consistent. Um, And I think that's important, you know, especially, you know, to since we're trying as a campus community to keep everyone happy and healthy and safe. So um, I think people were really pleased um, or maybe not from the university yesterday coming out and saying that they were not going to uh, increase those uh, number of people they're letting in to. The games there, but yeah, definitely a lot of moves on the COVID front and vaccine front this week. Um, a lot, one thing that didn't make a lot of moves this week was the Golden Globes, though, Trey. It oh was, yeah, it was. Kind I'm of... excited
1: to talk about this because, like, we we were we were discussing this before the show, and I was like, I don't know anything about the Golden Globes, and yeah. Flynn was like, I don't know anything about the Golden Globes, and then we were like. Well, maybe we should talk about how nobody knows anything yeah. about the Golden Globes. Yeah, so, so Sunday's night ceremony.
0: So if anyone who doesn't know what the Golden Globes are, they are an award show that highlights the best of TV and film. And they're known as one of the rowdier um, award shows because usually in normal times, obviously there was no audience. It was a remote broadcast this year. But in normal times, they have an open bar for all of their guests. So they let oh, really? a lot of the celebrities just drink all night and they just kind of follow them around with cameras. And see that's what why there's so many like, good memes that yeah, come yeah, from yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I got it. But Sunday's night uh, ceremony garnered just 6.9 million viewers. That is down 64% from the prior year's show, um, which I thought was kind of shocking given that it was a 64% increase,
1: a pretty dramatic increase or yes. decrease, sorry. Yes, um and so I guess um this kind of just speaks to award shows in general. Kind of the the sentiment that I've seen recently is a, a lot of the audience feels disconnected from award shows, especially right. like the Oscars or um um like other I'm I'm blanking on names of award shows, but like you know, you might have a film that the audience really enjoys, that, like, scores really high from audience ratings. But then, like, the critics and the people who vote for these awards, mm-hmm. you know, the Golden Globes and the Academy and stuff like that. Yeah. They disagree right, to an extent with the audience. And there's a lot of times when, like, you'll see, like, a movie that has, like, a terrible audience rating but like the credits liked it right so it'll win the award right and then like the people are like well nobody watched it that movie sucked why are you giving (laughs) it the award so i think this speaks to uh, everybody just feels really disconnected right because like why in the world are they going to watch something where they consistently feel like their voice doesn't matter Mm -hmm. i guess in it yeah it's, you know, it's interesting you say that, too, because
0: uh, just before a week, uh, just a week before Sunday's episode, or, uh, broadcast of the ceremony, um, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association was um, uh, accused of having, they said they had several members of color, but no black members on the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which is who votes for the winners of the Oscar or the, the Golden Globes. Um, and so, you know, it, it, apparently the, the report claimed that the group allegedly limited its membership due to concerns over competition. And in response, uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association um, said that the group is aware of the issue and is committed to addressing it. But I think that speaks exactly to your point, Trey, is like people do feel disconnected. And I think today when there's so much that can hold our attention, if if we don't feel really like connected to
1: something that we're watching, we're not going to watch it because there's other
0: stuff to watch.
1: You yeah, know? people, I think, are tired. Like, I don't want to sit for three hours and watch and listen to what, like, these rich white people, like, have decided. <laughs> like, that's pretty much what they're deciding. Well, you know, it's interesting. It, you know, they don't have a lot of say of what is said
0: in the broadcast itself, apparently, because the show's hosts, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, Skewered the Hollywood Foreign Press Association in their show's opening monologue criticizing the group heavily
1: um, See I mean out. if like <laughs> your own host is saying like yeah. wow this show is terrible I, That I think no mo- <laughs> no wonder people are not watching it I right. was just looking at like the list of winners and I'm not a, I'm not a very big TV fan so I'm going to go through some of these. Are is it TV? It's it is it TV or is it?
0: Yeah, it's both. So it's TV it's and both. movies. Yes. So is it just like acting? Uh, no, they have like best comedy, best drama um, as well. Uh, I know television series like The Crown and The Queen's Gambit did particularly well in the movie category. Um, you had Nomadland and uh Chloe Zhao won the uh director uh award for that and Amazon's Borat subsequent movie film did really well at the Oscars as well which a lot of people did like i heard uh this year um but yeah definitely um interesting how the uh viewership is reflected uh in people's uh, i guess o- overview of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association as it all but 64% ratings plunge is not good and a lot of analysts are saying that uh the Oscars and Grammys, they better watch out because they have been accused of the same problems that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is being accused of right now. So, Who knows? Who knows? We'll have to see. What was interesting, uh, though, enough is that Amy Poehler and and, uh, Tina Fey, while they were co-hosts, they hosted from different coasts. Um, So uh, one was in New York, one was in L.A., and just the camera work that they had to kind of make it look like they were coming out onto the same stage at the same
1: time with the same like lighting and everything was very interesting we're We're a year into this whole like pandemic stuff, so I guarantee you people have like people have figured out, yeah, figured it out now, like how can we get this like top quality broadcast in like not one location like right. how can we do it virtually or things like that so. Um, It is cool for, like, some of these shows to kind of see that showcased. Absolutely.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Hot Topics. Join us every Wednesday for the latest news and entertainment, culture, food, and everything in between. Hot
1: Topics is a production by WUSC News and Garnet Media Group. You can catch other WUSC News shows on Monday and Friday at 6 p.m. on garnetmediagroup.org. Plus, if you're not able
0: to catch WUSC News shows live, check out our podcast for all the highlights. Stream them on Apple
1: Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, just search WUSC News. Plus, for round the clock updates about future shows, follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at WUSC News. I'm Trey Martin. And I'm Flint Snyder. Thanks for joining us. And remember to keep it hot.